Welcome to the Becoming Eva podcast, where we discuss real-life issues from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering authenticity, transparency, and healing. We're We're your hosts, Latoya Moore and Maya Dawson. Let's get started. Good morning. Happy Saturday. We here, people. We here. We're here, back for another episode of Becoming Eva. So we have some amazing, well, an amazing guest with us this morning. So before we get into introducing Miss Damia Rolf, uh, first off, how's everybody doing? How was your week, Toya? My week has been um, very busy. I'll say that um, with the car stuff and the kids. But it's a, it was winter break for my, my kiddos, but it wasn't a full winter break for me. So working with having kids home for part of the week was a little rough, but I made it. I was going to ask for the whole winter break piece, because I, I um, both my husband and I grew up up north. So we did not have like a fall break, a winter break. Like literally it was Christmas break and spring break and summer break. And so as a parent well you probably have different perspectives as a teacher and as a parent but like from both angles do you think like do you prefer the additional breaks do you like them do you not like them like what what's your thought on that i actually like the breaks as Mm -hmm. a teacher Mm -hmm. um i feel like it's like six weeks of teaching then a week for fall break and then more teaching and then a week for thanksgiving break and then you can hang on just a little bit longer and then two weeks for Christmas and then six weeks and then winter break and then another six weeks or a little bit longer and then it's spring break. It kind of makes um, the the year go by, I feel like, a little bit faster. And I like having those like mental breaks. Um, and then sometimes we can like do staycations or, you know, little vacations just for like mental health. And then I like having a break from all the running around, like the pickups and drop-offs, you know, and sleep in a little bit. <laughs> I kind of like it. Cool. And now, Damien, I know you have two little ones. First of all, how are you doing? And, and tell us what your thoughts are. Did, were you, did you have winter break this also for your children? No. So I homeschool my daughter. She's oh. five. Okay. And my son, because she starts in August and she has to do all things that her brother does. And so I'm kind of looking forward to that because then I'll have a little moment to myself in life. Um, But my son, he's in second grade and he attends a charter school where they do not have the, um, I guess, winter break at the same time. And the reason being is because they focus on black excellence at that school and they want to honor every day of black history month. So they push theirs back. Theirs will be next week. Yes, it will start toward next week. And every day, every day of February has been chock full of acknowledging African-Americans that have made a difference in our world. So when I say it's been busy, it has been busy because of that alone. Like they've had a Black History Month knowledge for all the things, y'all. And it's it's beautiful, but... um, the week, this last week itself, every day they pretty much had something going on that was 
go back up to the school because we're doing this and go back to the school because we're doing that. But it's been a beautiful thing to watch and see. And my daughter, she's just a busy body. And uh, because there has been their extracurricular activities for him, he does gymnastics and she does ballet. So those particular extracurricular activities are in alignment with the school schedule. So that has been on fall, well, winter break. I keep saying fall, winter break. But his life has just been, who, what break? Like we haven't missed a beat, you know? So it has compiled on top of those things even when they were missing out. So gotcha. busy, but productive and fulfilling. I love it. I love it. Well, let me go ahead and give a formal introduction to you. So Ms. Damia Rolfe is a wife, mother, and a licensed family law attorney, speaker, disciple of Christ, amen, and a writer. She enjoys good food, good company, laughter, and good music. Oh, you sound like my kind of people. Talking about. Okay. But she is a, she actually, she and her husband have a ministry called Healthy Whole Marriages. And then you also have a following with Wifestyle. So can you tell us a little bit about those two ministries? Absolutely. So Healthy Whole Marriages came about, or Healthy Whole Marriage Conferences came about through a vision, if you will, from God. I was in early stages of pregnancy with my daughter and I was at home backing up just a little bit. And I'll try to make a long story short. Practicing family law, having practiced family law for several years prior to having my son even, and then God graced me with the opportunity to start my own firm, and that was in Arkansas. After a few years of doing that, my husband's job relocated him here to Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. So it took a minute that we had to pack up. I had to pack up my office and distribute, if you will, the clients and close out the firm to a certain extent. I was still able to practice a bit here because I had become an ad litem attorney as well. And for those of you who are not familiar with that, I was the voice representing children that did not have their own attorneys and were in need of that to ensure that the best interest of the child was paramount in a particular family law case. And so I was able to do that at a distance. And that was something I continued to a certain extent while at home with my son. Then here I am pregnant with my daughter in 2017, trying to close things down with the firm altogether. During this time, I started to have these emotional concerns, if you will. Mm -hmm. I was feeling certain ways about certain things and while practicing, never at any point in time had any divorces that I've been working on affected me in any shape, form or fashion. But I started to notice that some family issues divorces from friends and close relatives had impacted me. And I was like, this is a little odd. I had no idea, you know, like really close uh, people that one would esteem as, you know, as we say nowadays, right? Marriage goals. Most of the relationships that were significant to us when we got married in 2007, most close to hundred percent high nineties, they're all dissolved. Mm. It was just like, what is happening? And they were in such tumultuous ways that it was just mind boggling. So literally it affected me so much so that I was having um, almost nightmares to an extent. And then my parents were going through because they had been married 
they had been together since they were like 14. So all of that stuff was a compilation and I just couldn't understand, you know, what I was experiencing. So my husband, I'd always journaled, but I guess around this time I had stopped and my husband was like, just write about it, write about it, write about it. So I started to journal and it became cathartic, praying, fasting, yes, even while pregnant. And God just gave me healthy and whole marriage conferences. And in that I'm like, I know this is you because I don't know anybody that does conferences, God. Like what in the world? But when I started to look back and just really focus, I knew it was him for sure because I didn't want to do family law, y'all. I was like, this is some messy stuff. These people are, mm-mm. And so I noticed that he had set my steps in order towards that for sure. And that's Amen. pretty much what it came about. But it means it, it's about encouraging married couples to have healthy and whole marriages, creating healthy and whole families, thereby cultivating healthy and whole communities. Because I, it's when we look at it, when we really sit down and think about it, many of the problems that we face are due to the fact that we are children, relatives, people are coming from unhealthy situations where they have been cultivated in unhealthy environments or learn unhealthy habits and they're wreaking havoc and so i know it's god he gave it to me in that respect and we're just hoping to have the impact that he intended that's awesome that's awesome so you, you all style too i'm sorry oh yeah you can share about wife style yeah go ahead okay um and with wife style that is more recent he started i don't think he started getting me to realize it was just kind of my thing of saying, okay, God, what you doing? I don't know. Like I'm still trying to grasp this whole health and whole marriages thing. The lifestyle thing came about because honestly, we as women wives, we're more active in doing some of the groundwork to maintain the marriages. We're more apt to go to conferences, retreats, read devotionals, do the underground work, if you will, to maintain the marriage. And if we get ourselves together and kind of, you know, cultivate one another, uplift one another in that respect, then we won't have to suffer in silence in certain areas. And unfortunately, I saw that all too often practicing, being an attorney, representing people coming in and they're thinking they're the only ones going through. And because they think they're the only ones going through, they feel like the only next step because they feel as though their failures is to see an attorney wow. and get a divorce. And it's like, no wife, you're doing fine. It's just a struggle. It's good to know you're not struggling. You're not going through certain situations on your own. Mm -hmm. So when we work on things within ourselves, we who are usually the CEOs of our marriages and you know family anyway, we can then do the necessary cultivating to carry on with our husbands and maintain that healthy home marriage. Amen. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we'll definitely make sure we put your handles out there in the chat and, you know, make sure people know how to get connected with healthy whole marriages as well as wife style. So mm -hmm. before we dive in to talking more about love, marriage and relationships, you know, we got to talk what's trending. So uh, first off, I, and, and literally, as I was typing this topic, as I came across it, I was like, I can't believe we still deal with this. Like, is this still a thing? Like, but all that to say, saddle back, 
uh, community church, actually a very well-known, uh, renowned church. I've had the uh, privilege of visiting them several times here in Orange, Orange County, California. The founding pastor, Rick Warren, he wrote the book, Purpose Driven Life, um, Purpose Driven Church. Um, if you heard that term, Purpose Driven, like before it was in vogue, he was the one who helped like literally bring that to the forefront. And so all that to say, incredible ministry, beautiful campus. They recently have been, um, for lack of a better word, I'll say ousted from the Southern Baptist Convention, uh, which they were a part of, for being called no longer uh, friendly, if you will, with their values and their principles. And it is believed that this is because the founding pastor, Rick Warren, has appointed a woman, Ann Wood, uh, to be teaching pastor for their church. And so literally I was like, are we still talking about whether or not it's okay to to be a, a female pastor in the church in 2023? Like, is this really still a thing? So I just, yeah, I was baffled by it, but I definitely would love for y'all to weigh in. What are your thoughts? Like, what are your thoughts when it comes to female pastors? I definitely, when I read the article, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're still dealing with this. Um, I think I, I kind of grew up in a church that kind of had that old school mindset where women shouldn't be in in leadership positions mm. in the church. And like, you can do some things, like you can teach the Sunday school class, you know, and, and yeah. maybe like uh, teach sermons like in the evening services, but not on a major like platform, um, which is, you know, honestly a disservice to the community because um, God anoints and blesses women and men. And I love me some pastors, Sarah Jakes Roberts, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just think it's very old school they need to catch up with the times because we should be way past that. Absolutely. <laughs> My opinion is really just one that if we really believe that someone is being led by God, mm -hmm. I don't understand what the problem is. I don't understand why it's a discussion. Mm -hmm. If you're confused about it, then pray about it. And if God leads you then to talk to that person in love about it, then that's one thing. But if he doesn't, then you need to be quiet because you could be affecting what he's doing. You know, God is doing a new thing consistently. And unfortunately, I'm not, I grew up like you too, um, Latoya, where I, it's, it hasn't been until these last two churches that I've been a part of that that was primarily the, the perception as well, right? women don't necessarily be in leader they're not to be in leadership positions i have in a couple of those churches women did speak you know on, on um, i guess a women's day or something like that they were able to share a message or something to that extent but beyond that there wasn't much leadership type positions available unless they were gender related if you will and the bible has women there that were leaders god help me i hope i'm not misspeaking um her name jesus i feel like 
it may have been Dorcas. I can't recall. But there, she was a leader. She led an army that took down. Deborah. Yeah. Deborah, thank you. I was saying Dorcas. I knew it started with a D. So for us, tradition, legalism gets us messed up. And mm -hmm. if we stay in relationship more than we're focused on the religion itself and the different denominations, I think we'll be better off because then we're putting ourselves in a better position for God to guide us in our decisions, even in our leadership decisions versus trying to maintain tradition. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, oh, I, I agree with what both you, what both of you shared. Um, I think just having teaching from both men and women presents such a diverse, um, message and allows God to minister in such a diverse way. Um, so I definitely feel like it's important. I just, yeah, I was baffled by it. And I was checking to make sure I had read her name correctly. I actually merged her name with her husband's name. Her name is Stacy Wood. Her husband's name is Andy Woods. Okay. So, but Stacy Woods. So all that to say, I, yeah, I was baffled by it. Now I will say, and I've, you know, we, this is probably for another conversation. I've, I, I have um, had conversations where I am a firm believer, you know, women should teach, women should te teach, preach, all of that, be in leadership. Um, at the same time, though, I still believe there's an order that God has Absolutely. a order, you know, um, when it comes to the family, when it comes to um, just submission, authority, all of that. And so I do believe all of that should be embraced and that men play a critical role, particularly in the body of Christ, um, that should not be discounted. So I'm not speaking against any of that, but I am saying it shouldn't be at the expense of squelching the gifts that God has given women. So I just, yeah, I, I was just really disheartened by it. So all that to say, support Pastor Stacy Woods in any way, shape or form. And, you know, preferably the Southern Baptist Convention will, uh, Catch on up with the time. So we'll see. Uh, and then the next thing I want to talk about, um, it literally dawned on me, and of course you mentioned this already, Damien, when you were talking about your son's school. Uh, already, we are at the tail end of Black History Month, mm -hmm. of course, the shortest month in the year, in the calendar year. Uh, but I love I love how your son's school was like, uh-uh, we're not taking a day off from this month. Mm -hmm. We can take a day off any other month, <laughs> but not February. So all that to say, uh, how have you all celebrated or do you celebrate? I mean, I believe, you know, I'm black 365, so I celebrate it 365. But is there anything in particular that you do specifically during the month of February in honor of black history? Honestly, before they uh, because I homeschooled him as well. And before doing sending him to school where he requested, um, I made sure every day he learned about someone in our heritage that was not the normal people we have learned about and if it we would include that in our um, studies i'd be sure to include something that you would normally hear about that person so that you would understand you know we're multi-dimensional people other than that us personally i will take the the time out at any given time a museum a YouTube video, something that on their level, they can fully understand if something is going on. I try to use any type of situation as a learning experience, definitely to impart in them their significance, remind them of who they are, 
um, even down to their complexions, honestly, we do affirmations based on that alone sometimes, just so that they will know in their age bracket as well, that sometimes you may come across people who are just not going to like you because of the color of your skin, because of your complexion. The way I've broken it down, my daughter is, I guess, closer to my complexion and my son is more chocolate. That's what I've called him since he was here. So he, that's like his nickname almost, right? And she understands that. Um, but I make sure to show them when they acknowledged the distinguishing factor of their complexion. Okay, same difference with eating chocolate. Someone says they don't like how dark you are or they don't like whatever. Your sister, she hates fruit, y'all. She does. She hates fruit. It's like acid for her. I don't understand what that's about. But anyway, um, you know how your sister doesn't like fruit? That doesn't take away from the fact that the fruit is still good. You still enjoy the fruit. It's still worth something. It's still worthwhile. Someone says they don't like you because you're too dark or you're not dark enough. It's just they don't like that. That's not their preference. It has nothing to do with who you are or wow. your complexion, really. It's, it's nothing to do with you, more to do with them. And do not take that. So any opportunity I can get 365 days of the year, I want them to understand their worth and their value as a, a person and as an African-American person. And then the school just amplified it for us. So we, we are emotional just experiencing Black History Month and watching it through his eyes through, from the school as well. Beautiful. So in my classroom, well, in my virtual classroom, uh, we started our live lessons with uh, video clips that celebrated um, black, um, black commercials that we've been recently seeing, like um, on the commercials on the TV, like we'll play the clips and we'll talk about that. Um, talked about like, HBCUs uh, before we started teaching one live lesson. So we've been doing like little clips before we get into the actual content when I've been teaching um, this month to like highlight and celebrate black culture uh, and, and black like change makers um, and just highlighting different people in the, in the community, uh, trying to like relate to like things that they that they can relate to. Um, and then for me, I also, I, I know you mentioned this, Maya, a couple of, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, but I actually had a chance to go um, to the Alvin Ailey um, dance. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, that was last, last Sunday. Um, and that was really spectacular. That was my first time going to that. And so I said, next year I want to bring, um, my girls with me because you know Layla is into ballet and she keeps mm -hmm. wants to dance all around the world so I want her to like uh, experience that um next year they were only in town for like uh I think it was like three days oh wow um, yeah or maybe it was four but it was a short time frame mm -hmm. um and I made Ryan watch Woman King finally well, you gotta make the man watch the movie. <laughs> I did too. I kept telling him it was so good, and he had watched it. And it's finally on Netflix, and so yep. I made him watch it. Um, so those are just some things that I have intentionally done um, to celebrate. And their school is doing like a big 
uh, Black History Celebration on Tuesday that I plan to uh, attend. I love it. I love it. Um, I, I mean, like I said, I'm Black 365, so I really try to look at how I can incorporate um, just ways to not only celebrate our culture, but help push the culture forward. Um, and I'll say specifically one thing that both me and my husband have been adamant about, I would say over the past, probably since the pandemic, I would say, and I don't know why, maybe because we just were more in tune with um, the economy and just weren't sure how things were gonna go. And still, even now with just inflation and all kinds of stuff, but we've been really trying to be intentional about supporting black businesses. So like for Christmas, for instance, we, you know, the majority of our, of our gifts were from small black businesses. Like we wanted to just be intentional with trying to support and pay it forward as much as possible because um, I was just, listening to someone say it this morning, and I'm sure we've all heard it, that um, our spending power, we have some of the highest, if not most spending power in this entire country, but it rarely goes back into our community. Usually it goes to help advance other communities. So really trying to be intentional about that. But yes, y'all, don't stop at the end of February, please celebrate all year round, all year. But that concludes what's trending. So I will turn it over to Toya so we can dive on in. Yes, so Damien, I uh, enjoyed listening to you talk about talk about what you're doing in the community. And we so need more of that and appreciate what you're doing with um, whole and healthy marriages and lifestyle. Um, so I want to focus a little bit on the love portion of, of being in relationships and being in a marriage with someone. Um, how would you define love and who helped you define love? Like, did you have it modeled for you while you were growing up? Um, did you know, like, how did you know what it looked like and felt like um, before you met your husband? I'm trying to figure out which one to answer first. Okay, so love for me is, love is an action word. A lot of times we, we say it's a feeling and then we go into this description of feeling or we'll pull up uh, Corinthians and start talking about that description. And for me, even if you look at that Bible description that we often quote, all of those are action words. Love is an action. And love is either one or more actions that are unequivocally, unquestionably putting a feeling in you, if you will, that exhibits that you're seen, that you're heard, that you're valued, that you are understood, even if you're you're being heard and misunderstood, that you are still valued, that you are still um worthwhile for that person it can be exhibited through time spent it can be exhibited through many different ways but it it unequivocally lets you know that you are cared for and that's what love means for me it's a an action or a set of actions and when you think about it it can be exhibited by or felt by a child or a dog you know they know because of something you've done it's not just by you saying it consistently saying it we all are going to be like after a while yeah but show me and that's what love is it's more of an action now how i got the um, 
that exhibited in my life and understood it, God, my parents showed me God early on. Um, it was in their actions of exhibiting that lifestyle, a Christian lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I came from a home where my parents were going out on dates and they would just sometimes take us to go sit with them in a parking lot where they would watch the airplanes take off or they'd be joking around and playing around in the house together. My mom would run my dad's bathwater saying that, getting the feeling of what that looked like and because of what they exhibited at 10, I was like, yep, I want to be married. I didn't care for when it was going to happen. I just desired to be married because I desired to have that. They exhibited a friendship as well. And then, of course, when you think about grandparents and, you know, other people, my grandmothers exhibited love. My grandmother, my paternal grandmother exhibited love in such a way. She's that one that you hear about where everybody wants to be around her. Everybody was around her for every holiday because there were like 14 desserts on the table and anything everybody else wanted, she provided that. When you came around her, if you got a hug, you felt like you melted in the midst of, you know, anything in the world, that type of thing. And honestly, I'm gonna take it a step further. And I don't know if this, um, how this may come across, but I thank God that I came to this understanding and this perspective. My maternal grandmother, I wasn't around her a whole lot growing up. Side note, my paternal grandmother literally lived right across the street from us, y'all. Like my grandparents, the paternal side, literally like step across the street mm -hmm. like that. My maternal grandmother, she was in the same neighborhood, but she wasn't married. She was never married. And I didn't see her much because a couple of her children had gotten off on the you know beaten path got out in the streets and drugs and alcohol and things of that nature so she spent a lot of time and attention on that particular child and then caring for the grandchildren of that particular child that wayward child and it was a, such a strain for me to kind of understand and i didn't care for it much growing up because i didn't understand it i didn't appreciate that you know we didn't see her because she spent all her time focusing on you know, these children and things of that nature. But God showed me that that was an example of his love as well, that in spite of what we do, you don't want that love to be conditional. Yeah. And just seeing how she loved that child in spite of what she did, and then mm -hmm. extended it to her children as well. I was like, I want to love like that, like to be loved and know that you've been loved because in those actions, you also know that you're chosen. And that feeling, just to know that through the actions you've been chosen, it means a lot as well. So hopefully that's the description that, you know, y'all are getting from my, my definition of love. I love that. I love that. I was just going to say, I think oftentimes when we talk about love, we often think about love in relationship, in relationship to another person. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about the importance of self-love? Was it instilled in you? And how important is that before even being able to, you know, extend love to anyone else or for that matter, receive love from someone else? I don't recall self-love being like a big deal, like imparted and practiced and focused on growing up. I don't. And it's interesting because I make it 
yo, excuse me. I guess my sinuses had my eyes tripping on me, so oh. I'm wiping. But um, my, I make it a big deal in my house with my children, a very big deal to make sure that they have that, that they understand it, that they practice it through affirmations and things of that nature, simply because when we go out in the world, when they start to stop looking like little cute little kids, and there are some children that can be cruel too, right? That you already know who you are in Christ. And so where I came from and who you are, period. So where I was able to grasp my significance and, and love and value, I believe it, it starts with God, but I think it came from the exhibition once again of my parents and it wasn't something they necessarily, oh, let's sit down and instill this in her and let's talk about this. I grew up with a confidence that I can't even define where it came from, honestly. Mm -hmm. I can't, and I know it has to be through watching them and through my relationship that they exhibited getting a relationship with God and then my relationship with God, I enjoyed reading the Bible. And I think through that, I was able to be available for God to show me who I was and show me who I am in him. And because of that, I'm able to go a step further or more with my children to make sure they understand that. And no, you cannot. I don't. I stand firm in this. I don't think you can love anybody else truly. And you can't love yourself truly unless you've made yourself available to understand your worth and value and the love that was meant for you from God. Because when you start to see yourself the way he sees you, you realize you're so much more open to who you are. Even if you're struggling still with understanding the love that he has for you, you are going to start to at least see other people through his eyes a little bit as well. And that just opens the door to so many things. Unfortunately, I feel like it's because we don't truly understand our worth and who we are in Christ and feel that love that we need to feel that we're struggling so much in so many relationships and otherwise, um, unfortunately, because we haven't sat in the midst of that and let him show us what we truly are and who we truly are. Okay. So, so on the flip side of that, um what about the people and the children that grow up in broken homes and may not have that demonstrated for them um being able to see like a two-parent household show, uh, showing love to each other like you described uh, or just maybe just not having love even in a, a, a single parent household uh with uh, maybe more stressors in life and just not having it really demonstrated like how do those people understand what love is and and how what kind of advice could you give to someone who doesn't have it demonstrated for them and they just kind of have to figure it out on their own be open to doing that because first of all look more closely god did not put us here to not experience love or to show love. So he's not gonna set us up to not feel love in any shape, form or fashion. Now, you mentioned that I was a uh, practicing family law attorney. And so I'm very much familiar with the environments of children from broken homes, from strained homes that are not two parent households, abuse, all types of things, very much familiar with how that can look 
And oh my gosh, how unfortunate that can be. As a result, however, I've also been able to observe that there is at least somebody out there that's going to show a level of care or love that you may not normally be familiar with. And it may seem strange, it may seem different, but if we're in a position to pay attention enough, then you can even glean, okay, that's what this is supposed to feel like. That's what this is supposed to look like. I'm gonna get a, a little step further, take it a little step further, and I guess a little more personally. My parents, my mom grew up in a single, single family household, as I mentioned. It was nine of them. Her mom wasn't married. My dad grew up in a two-parent household. Dad was present, but not present. And he wasn't the best dad, right? And for him, it wasn't exhibited. They didn't see love in any shape, form, or fashion. They didn't see love even with the parents. My mom, she didn't see love in that respect as well. She didn't even know her father. However, they took it upon themselves to decide they wanted something different. They didn't have these Disney movies to grow up on and focus on like they barely had much of anything, but they made a conscious decision of, I want something different from what I had and let's figure out how to make that happen for our children. And it's in that to recognize that, okay, God, we need discernment on how to make this happen. We don't have the best examples, but show us, help us figure this thing out. So we all can do it. And I'm not dismissing the significance of people growing up in that environment because that is much of my family. By the grace of God, that could have been me. But also by his grace, he put two people together that decided we want to make and create something different from what we saw and had. So I believe it's possible. I believe it's possible because we don't have a cruel God that would not show us love and put us here and then say, okay, you know, I don't want you to experience it either, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, this was good stuff. All right, y'all. We're going to transition on into marriage. Mm -hmm. So, Damien, if you can, tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you meet your husband? And what was it like when you two got married? Having having had some healthy demonstrations of, of, of healthy love, if you will, um, or positive demonstrations of healthy love, was it you know was it a smooth or fairly smooth transition did you all encounter um challenges of your own what what was it like when you officially became married so first off how did you meet your husband and second off what was it like when y'all got married first initially oh goodness okay so <laughs> how we met we met senior year of high school wow. literally right before graduating so we graduated in the early week of june and we met in may May 11th to be exact. Let me make a long story short. And I'm glad you're not asking us together because his side of course will be very slanted. Always, I, always. always his side, her side. Yeah, and then and the truth, uh -huh. and the truth. So what happened is I've told you that I grew up in a two parent household and he actually did as well. So my parents were dating. They started dating at 14. Wow. Because my dad grew up in a very staunch Christian household, he wasn't allowed to go to prom mm. or do much of anything else. So here I am in senior year of high school and my mom, because she was with my dad senior year of high school, they didn't go to prom. She's like, nope, that is not gonna be your life. 
I'm going to make it my business to get you a prom date. And she's made this her business without having a conversation with me of any shit form of fashion. <laughs> now, on the other side of things, here I am. I like this guy. He likes me too. Everybody know we like each other. He doesn't attend my school. So everybody's just waiting, you know. So eventually we have this this conversation and it is decided he's taking me to prom because we had worked together in the past. So I'm excited. I'm ready to go to prom and I'm not knowing that she had this side plan going on. Oh, so she was going to get me a prom date. Oh, well, gosh. who she decides to have a conversation with about getting me a prom date is her co-worker that she had been working with since I think I was probably in the somewhere around ninth, seventh grade, seventh grade. She's known this co-worker since about that long. And she's like, I'm just, I don't need your, your son to marry her, fall in love with the girl, nothing. I just need him to take her to prom. Whole conversation they're having. And so they planned this out for us to meet so that he can take me to prom. Now, mind you, they've worked together for several years, but he and I had never crossed paths at mm -hmm. any, any form. We just we, apparently they say we were past. So when one of us was leaving, the other one was coming in. We'd never even seen each other. That's when I said we worked together, our mothers worked like small building right next cubicle. Get up, they would have conversations. Wow. Never met. So here we are, May 11th. My mom calls, not knowing I'm sitting in the room talking to her. She was my best friend at the time, y'all. So I, this was a true setup. It should have told me, you're not my best friend no more because you're doing some stuff. <laughs> so here it is Sunday. She's folding clothes or something, and I'm looking through the newspaper, and it's I still have on church clothes. I had gone to some service. I don't know, but I'm lying on her bed still in the clothes. And she apparently at some point made the call and told her to send him over. So now she's telling me he's on his way over. And I'm like, you kidding me, right? Like now I'm upset and I'm very uncomfortable, but I'm not going to be disobedient. And I did not want to go out of that room for anything in the world. So I'd heard about what he looked like because she kind of told me beforehand. And I was like, mama, no, this, we're not, this. but I thought she was joking. She wasn't joking. When she told me about the guy, I'm expecting somebody, a bald, dark skinned guy, all this stuff and he was supposed to be cute and this that, and the other i go into the living room and i was like this guy has an afro he has on dockers a blue button down shirt no we're not talking i don't even know why he's here anyway but anyway we had this whole conversation we decided to communicate and we we chatted and then we exchanged phone numbers because we didn't want to be disrespectful if our moms asked for a lot if they said did y'all you know talk or y'all talking or whatever after so we exchanged phone numbers and said we just at least talk once or twice and that'd be the end of it. Y'all, do y'all know anything about working at FedEx? No. Okay. If you, I'm from Memphis. My husband's from Memphis as well. So when you start working at FedEx, you work in the hub. That okay. means night shift. Well, the guy I was going to go to prom with had just gotten hired to work at FedEx. Awesome. Now here I am without a prom date. Luckily for my mama, right? Because after I convinced her I had a prom date, then my prom date fell through. And now this guy who she introduced me to is available. Well, after we met, he did call me like every day after. And then huh. he, yeah, every day. And then he was telling me all of his business. And I was like, but we're not even going to be friends. Like, why are you telling me? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> we're not even gonna be friends yeah like we had this was an understanding out this is nothing here oh um, but we did we grew into friends he took me to prom we had a great time um after that we ended up dating he thought we were dating before we were dating i was like no sir I'm <laughs> you need to ask me that's not what we're doing and yeah we started dating right before i went away to school Aww. and much of our relationship was a 10-year uh, long distance relationship because i went from undergrad to graduate school so we crossed paths yeah long distance as i stated my he grew up in a two-parent household as well and so did i so we were able to see what marriage looked like we were able to be around a long-lasting marriage if you, if you will from the two of them i think by the time we were married they both were at least in 25 plus years of marriage our parents and yeah so saying that was the moral of the story is your prom <laughs> date your mom the prom date that your mama set up turned yeah. out to be your husband yeah girl. amazing so yeah. modern day marriage arrangements i know right Oh no, right? I do not advise it. Don't don't talk to that. Don't do that. Why don't you advise it? It worked out for you. It worked out. But again, grace of God, it worked out. I would not advise it. Uh-uh. No ma'am, no sir. It could I'm already getting an idea. I know you are. I was like, I can get this for years. I know. I should have asked her that. I should have asked her. But it was not the plan. I had all together other plans. I was gonna go to this prom with this dude. And then I was going to go to school and I was like, okay, let me see what being a college student is about. Mm-mm. Wow. All, all my mama, all his mama and all God. So, so y'all both have these incredible foundations that you grew up witnessing and experiencing. So what was it like when you actually got married and two became one that, that cleaving process, if you will. It was interesting. Now we were, we were prepared to get married in, in the sense of, thank God, we have families that know each other. Um, yeah, because I was concerned. My dad was like, yeah, go to prom. And she doesn't have a um, a curfew. And I was like, you don't even know this guy. Like, well, I should have known then. But anyway, um, so just the, the, the trust that my parents had, the comfort they had in knowing that, you know, as we would say, they come from good stock and you can come mm-hmm. from a good, wholesome background as well. I looked forward, I think, watching them i definitely looked forward to getting married and i felt prepared for marriage we did do marital counseling as well and so i was ready for i honestly had the mentality of our marriage no our wedding is just a dress rehearsal for our marriage facts that was all it was and so i yes i was prepared to have this you know great celebration and all but i was like okay i gotta make sure we're on one accord in in the things that as we prepare for the wedding and just in life in general because of what i was able to see through them and then having been with him i was able to observe his parents as well and we did both have family members that were married, friends that were married, and we were able to watch them as well. So I felt like we were definitely prepared to be successful in marriage and 
couldn't say, oh, our first year of marriage was, you know, horrible, whatever, because I, I sat down and was able to, okay, let me take notes from these relationships that I've observed and discern what works best for us. Um, I enjoyed the process leading up to, but since you asked up until that point, I was in love, but I was also focused on making sure I was still a whole person. Mm, that's good. To make sure I was still achieving the goals that I had set out for myself and focused on getting things done prior to that time. Because that 50-50 stuff, that ain't, that's not real in any form or fashion. You are 100% all right in here before mm-hmm. you have to attach yourself to somebody else. So mm-hmm. leading up to it, other than, you know, some things that can go down around the wedding itself and then some ugly friction start rearing their head around, okay, y'all finna get married. That basic stuff I think everybody almost goes through. Other than that stuff, I was looking forward to it. I was looking forward to it and I felt adequately prepared. That's awesome. What would you say would probably be the greatest challenge that you may have experienced after you were married? Uh, One of the greatest challenges was not totally advocating for myself Mm. and and kind of allowing some traditions to take over since we talked about traditions earlier, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Allowing some of those to take over and in doing so, then you can get lost in the, the realization that this is supposed to be a team. Yeah. As opposed to like, okay, there's a leader, but this isn't a dictatorship. There's y'all are supposed to be working together to mm-hmm. establish and bring mm-hmm. into fruition a vision and um, be an example of the kingdom of heaven together, not just one person. So not advocating for myself, disagreeing in public. If we're being honest, I never saw. No, he never saw disagreements. I saw them, mm-hmm. but. I am an empath and I have a like a sensitive nature about me to where mm-hmm. you get too loud or this too holding the weight. I can't like function well off of that. So yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with having disagreements. They're healthy. But if you're going to have a disagreement, like my husband will be like, okay, well, let's talk about it. No, we're not going to have this conversation <laughs> right here. Like, not, we're not going to have this conversation. Because uh-huh. I can tell the temperature is going to get, you know, It's going to go to another level. So we'll talk about it later. Not faking anything, but just reserving some situations for later if there needs to be um, and being able to communicate that well. So those are, I think, a couple of my top things that were probably, did you say issues or Or challenges? challenges, I think to start off with, but the bigger one would have been to not get lost in okay, you're still just as, and this is, y'all are still working together. And if I can take that a step further, unfortunately, as you said earlier, Maya, we still are in a time where some things are just still going on, right? And it happens a lot in marriage, just as much as in church. We don't feel like married people should discuss sex. All of the single people are talking about it, like it's nobody's business. Like, for married people so why are we not able to talk about sex mm-hmm. and if we're not supposed to talk about sex that stigma so women don't advocate i don't 
agree with this. I don't like this. I don't, because we just feel that certain things are supposed to be for our husbands yeah. instead yeah. of men coming together as one and you know all of that. So that's just one of those examples. Uh, it could be anything where you just kind of shriek back and say, okay, well, my husband's supposed to leave here and you actually have the skills and capabilities, but you just fallen in alignment with a tradition based on that. Yeah. So those those that's what I mean by the advocating for yourself. Whew, you just sparked a topic, Toya. I think we need to add this to our list. Damia, you sparked the topic, but I was saying, Toya, I think we need to add this to our list. <laughs> we talked to your point. We just had a whole conversation about sex um, and things we should know before marriage because it's not, quite honestly, it's not talked about, period, in the church. Yeah. Um, but we need to have a conversation about sex in marriage, Toya. Yeah. I don't think we've had like, real dialogue about that have we no we haven't talk about it y'all <laughs> i'll talk about it with you <laughs> are you gonna come back and join us and That's talk about the sex in the marriage <laughs> i love it i love it I, whether i'm back i'm watching either way talk about it we need I to talk it. about it I, yeah. and I really hate that stigma mm -hmm. about and, and especially about like christian women and sex because I remember before I got married, I went to a bachelorette party and I bought some like lingerie for the bride to be. And then some guest was looking at me and was like, like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe you bought that. Right. I wasn't married at the time, but we all know what sex is. Right. You know, it's to be enjoyed when you're married. She was like, I just, I just didn't think you would bring something like that. Like, okay, yeah. they're getting married. They can enjoy. Like, amen. I'm supposed to enjoy. Yeah, it's worship. Don't get me started. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's what I said. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm. Mm. I'm just saying. That's what I call it too. It's so mm -hmm. funny. Uh, like, actually, this year, nope. It hadn't been six months yet. We have a niece that got married in October, Aww. and there were gifts, lingerie, and stuff. And she was just so like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want." And I don't think it was totally just that it was her aunt and mom and them there. It was because mm -hmm. her mama is no joke. So I know it wasn't her because her mama was there. But um, it, I, it was just like, okay. Even one of the questions for the games, oh, we haven't kissed yet. She was joking, but it was like, I don't want. Like we're not gonna talk about this. Yeah, and people were kind of like not, you know, it's like eggshells, y'all. That's what it was made for. What are we doing here? Exactly. Like, yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's wow. crazy. But yes, man, worship. We can we're gonna have to. Yes, we're gonna have to have that. <laughs> I had that. So, all right, y'all. We will transition on into relationships before we close out. So, Toy, you wanted to uh, close us out with relationships. You have given us, uh, and thank you so so much for being so transparent about your challenges and how mm -hmm. you guys were able to overcome those challenges that's so helpful to other people so those of you listening be on the lookout for those for those um whole and healthy marriages conferences by damia and her husband and what is your husband's name seth her husband seth yeah. Um, so relations, relationships, what universal skills and principles are important for all healthy relationships? 
Oh, communication, period. Mm. Compassionate communication, being willing to listen and understand, being willing to agree to disagree, even if that's what that means. Communication, prayer, God, those those are the top ones for me. And the reason being is because there are no issues when you think about it. And again, I've seen it through practicing the issues that came across. The primary issues for divorce line up with infidelity, money issues. Mm -hmm. um, oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank now. But like the top three to four issues. Communication, for, probably. Yeah. Yes, communication. But the, the reason I wasn't going to bring up communication because communication is the problem. Right. If you're having issues about infidelity or sex or the lack of no sex or whatever, somebody's not communicating. Somebody's not communicating issues mm. that are going on. If you're feeling and and when there's a divorce or something, a lot of times that's the result of selfishness. And we are falling into selfishness because we're not communicating something that we desire, something that we need. And so then we decide we're just going to go ahead and take care of it on our own, forgetting mm. that you're a part of a team. So if you're when we communicate, we can dispel, we can pull up, we can fix anything that is a, an issue. And worst case scenario, if you don't feel like you can communicate and come to a resolution between the two of you, the ultimate communication is prayer. Mm. God will fix it for us. So um, instead of us going those routes, we decide we're going to take it upon our own accord and fix the situation. And then we're looking crazy. So definitely God, prayer, communication, because when you're able to sit down and talk, show some compassion, genuinely listen, earnestly listening and not preparing your response, trying to listen without being offended and believing that this person is speaking from their heart and not with an intent to hurt you and ultimately for the best interest of the relationship, then you're more likely to sit down and come to an agreement on what needs to happen to rectify the situation next. So to have a healthy and whole relationship for me, you have to have God at the center, prayer, because we don't know what each other needs consistently, right? Yeah. I put it this way. If you're having friction with your spouse or a friend, whatever the case may be, your children, you have an issue with a device. What are you going to do? You're going to go back to that manual. You're going to go back to the company that created that thing. Go back and talk to the person that created the person you're having issue with. That's he's not always going to tell you you need to fix them or what to do regarding this person. Sometimes he's going to say it, the problem in the device is the person operating it. So sit down. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong or pull back, be quiet. Maybe you said this in the wrong way and they missed it because of something they're dealing with in their lives. If we communicate, a lot will be so much better. I believe that's the crux of all, many of our issues in work. Hatred, racism, people aren't talking. We just have our own perceived or misconceptions of this, that, and the other. And then we run with it. I'm selfish, I believe I'm better, this, that, and the other, all of that. Communication for me, uh, are, is the the main thing and that's what prayer is even we just you know think we're supposed to go thou art be and thine and all of this just talk to God and tell him my husband made me mad 
and I need you to fix this. I done told him 18 times and he hasn't done it today. And I and now he mad because I went ahead and did it. And gotta be like, ma'am, but it's how you said it. And maybe he's not saying, ma'am, it's how you said it. Maybe he's like, okay, I got you, but I'm going to get you next week because I have something waiting to show him what you've been trying to get him to understand for the last, you know, year or, you know, a couple weeks or something. That is so good. I love it. I love it. You got to keep it 100 with God. I mean, it's he already know. Exactly. So we, we don't have to come to him with a facade, you know, you're like the these and the that, like, you know, have a heart of reverence and pour mm -hmm. out your heart before him and mm -hmm. just tell the truth. Just yep. tell him what's going on. So that's so good. Yes. Yeah. So did I answer you? Yes. Okay, yes. great. <laughs> uh Mai, did you have anything else before we move on to noble character? I was just gonna ask in closing if there were any resources that you would recommend, um, whether single or married, for anyone that's trying to cultivate healthy relationships, you know, if it's healthy friendships, if it's healthy marriages, if they're dating and they're wanting to move into marriage, but any resources you would recommend, if it's books, if it's podcasts, if you have any events or blogs or anything you wanna plug, feel free. Absolutely. My plug is always going to be first and foremost, the Bible, check Amen. in with God and prayer and look at those relationships. I believe Toya, you brought it up earlier when you don't always have those things exhibited before you, then what do you do? They're exhibited somewhere though, right? You may come across some, some couple in school, you may come across a distant relative, something you've seen, because we hashtag marriage goals all the time right now. But the truth of the matter is, even in those things, even in those relationships, if we ask and use discernment, we will be able to see what we can use for our own relationship, what you can learn from that, because we can learn something from everything and everyone, even if it's what not to do. So that premarital counseling, maintenance counseling, therapy, yeah. um, retreats, conferences, we have ours once a year, every year it has been at the end of June, but that's not always what people want to do. That's not always what one particular spouse may want to do as far as a relationship is concerned. So definitely podcast, talk to healthy and whole couples, talk to healthy and whole, even if it's one individual, but make sure that that couple, that individual is for your marriage. Not somebody who's like, mm -mm, I'm going to, nope, I wouldn't deal with it if I were you. Oh, I'll get you somebody else. I need it, what's important is that people realize marriage is not a regular relationship. And unfortunately, we're exhibiting that. Unfortunately, people are getting that misunderstood. My husband make me upset today. If he makes me upset for months to come on one particular situation and it's getting on my nerves, I don't need to check out and go get somebody else. Because the truth of the matter is, that's not what this is. He's, he's my boyfriend, but that's not what this was created for. You know what I'm saying? And so often now, unfortunately, I'm tired of you. You're not acting right. Let me go get somebody else. That's not what that is. Marriage is a ministry. Marriage is what is supposed to depict God's love for us here on earth. And we're clearly doing it wrong if single people aren't that attracted to it. And if we're mm -hmm. bouncing around trying to switch up partners ever so often right and so for me getting in the crux of whatever you can do to prepare yourself 
prior to as an individual, not just focus on trying to get married and let me, you know, secure this spouse. Work on you first. God will send you who's supposed to be there because he already has a plan and a purpose for your life. And if that plan and purpose includes a spouse, then there y'all have a plan and purpose together as a team. So you have to be equipped with those other tools, premarital counseling, marriage counseling, therapy, retreats, Bibles, podcasts, um, these all types of things that you can get your hands on that will maintain that marriage so that you can fulfill the purpose for your marriage that God has for you to do together. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Wow. So many jewels that she's dropping today. And we appreciate all of your resources, the nuggets, talking about uh, marriage being a ministry and it's not like a well you mess messing up i'm gonna go get me somebody else like, <laughs> so thank you so much um for all of your wisdom um moving on to the noble character acknowledgement mm -hmm. we wanted to know if you wanted to recognize someone in the community um that may have inspired you um someone that you want to give a shout out to or praise to Honestly, it's funny because we know this person and this is the person that uh, came at the top of my mind immediately. And I think it's because also there's so much going on right now with this particular person. And it's not just her. I will say that. But it's Kia Stevens. She is. Yeah. She she and I went to college together and we weren't like friends in college and we were familiar with each other for attending school, just, you know, attending classes, excuse me. And then I came across her later through Facebook, just maintaining a relationship somewhat through there. But why she sticks out for me right now is because, and I feel this way about anybody, um, definitely any woman, is because she stuck to her goals and did whatever she needed to do to not give up or give in to accomplish that. And any person, any woman, for me, I'm not impressed by famous people, like not, not easily impressed at all. But when you can be an example in your community of not giving up, doing it God's way and doing the hard work to make it happen, man i feel like it's me too i'm crying every so often and i'm like oh my gosh we oh this, this is happening oh my goodness she did this oh my goodness she did that i know i can get on my husband's nerves sometimes talking about what other people did because i get genuinely excited for other people excuse me accomplishing their goals especially if i'm familiar with you and i know you so she's one for sure for example because she's she has done the work the inner work to present a clean heart and to learn and do the introspective work to know who she is as a woman after having experienced father wounds and then created, wrote a book about it that started off as a blog, that started off as a journal entry cathartic for her. And who knew that this was going to impact like all of these lives? And I just, I'm excited to see what it will do because of course as i mentioned through healthy and whole marriage marriages of course a lot of our issues come from our home life and if we're able to exhibit a healthy and whole home life 
for our children who are our future, then we're, our world is better off, right? And so she's taking the time to learn what she could do better and not take these wounds over into the next generation. But let me clear out and fix what can be done and then share what I've learned with some other people that can possibly do the same thing and then set us up for success in our communities, in our in our culture, uh, in our homes, you know, creating better homes in that way. So for me, that's what it's about. And I definitely applaud and celebrate her for doing that right now. Amen. Well, definitely shout out to Kia Stevens. I have to give a plug for her book that you just mentioned. Absolutely. You can pre-order it now. It actually drops next month. Um, we've actually had Kia Stevens on Becoming Eva and we're hoping to have her again after her book officially launches. Absolutely. But for now, pre-order it on Amazon and support her. She's an incredible woman of God. So yes. Kia Stevens, you are a woman of noble character. Yes, yes. you are. You are. I love it. Oh, and Damia, you are getting a request here. I know you've been trying to evade the question. People want to know about you. Can you share your handle? How can they follow you? I am, y'all, social <laughs> media, because I am horrible at that. I'll be like, oh. anything you want to plug? You like the Bible? Yes, the Bible. You know, listen. Podcast, listen, yes, podcast. <laughs> I know. A whole, just pray for me. Pray for me. My husband told me. Y'all, I was like this before I did any of this stuff when uh, we would go into environments and he'd be the one saying, my wife is an attorney and I'm like, oh, I did forget. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yes. yes. Healthy so and Whole Marriages. Home, yes. Healthy and Whole Marriages dot com. Okay. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. And I just started TikTok as well. So pray for me. I'm trying to navigate all these social platforms, but TikTok is Healthy and Whole Marriages. Facebook is The HW Marriage. And I'm sorry, not Facebook. That's Instagram, The HW Marriage. And then Facebook is Healthy and Whole Marriages as well. Facebook and Instagram, they cross over so you can connect from one to the other. And then TikTok, pray for me so that I can figure that and connect that as well. But you can also just follow me at Damia Roth on Instagram. And I can, you'll find all of those things connected as well. So either of those, we would love for you to be a part and join us so that we can encourage one another. As I stated before, it you don't want to suffer in silence. We all experience marital roles and God intended us to win in our marriages. So it's important that we figure out ways together to keep each other uplifted. Amen. All right. This has been fabulous. Thank you so much again Thank for joining you. us this morning, Damia. Thank you. Yes. I've enjoyed you, ladies. Thank you. <laughs> and this week's love challenge is to identify a relationship in your life. It could be a friend, it could be a spouse, a significant other, and take a practical step towards nurturing it. Make a call maybe send them a card, go on a date, do something intentional this week. It is your love challenge, love in action, what we have been talking about today, because love is in action. Yes. So good. So right. your merch at becomingevatoday.com, get your mugs, hats, shirts, different things like that. Um, support us and we'll see you next week we'll have um, a special guest for our, we'll be starting our 
series on her story. Um, and we'll be featuring the one and only Alfie Grant um, next week. And we'll be in the studio. All right. Well, thank y'all again for joining us. And we hope to see you next week. See you guys soon. Have subscribe. a good one, y'all. Subscribe yes. to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you next time. Bye. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Click subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to the podcast. Check us out at becomingevatoday.com or email us at becomingevatoday.com. See you next time.